Get ready, get ready. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And we got And welcome back to the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast. We lead you into week eight of the NFL season where the Buffalo Bills come in hosting the Oakland Raiders at 4-2 at this point. Not a pretty win, but an exciting win. And when your team wins, it's a little bit fun out there too. Buffalo with a 30-27 victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brad the Bruiser, Icorn, and Alex Jones with you here on uh, Buffalo Downs, Buffalo Down Draft House podcast. Alex, you were at the game this weekend. What was the atmosphere like? Because you had to be feeling good at points. You, know, you saw Tampa Bay take the lead. Maybe felt like same old Bills. Saw them quickly tied up. Felt like there's too much time left on the clock. See a big turnover, a field goal to go ahead and win the game. Honestly, a classic Bills loss. Like, um, it was just sitting in the stands feeling like, how are we going to let this slip away? But then as you saw the game go on and gone, and as they got the, like, it was sort of like, oh, this team's not going to let away those, you know, because I thought they were going to get up by two scores and it was going to be over. The Bills kept it close the entire time. They gave up that late score, which a perfect throw to Mike Evans. Um, and then, um, you know, in all honesty, it was just sort of a race to the finish. And it was electric in that stadium when the Bills got that final touch, when the Bills got the touchdown to tie it up. I was actually in the end zone where that um, where that uh, where that touchdown was scored. And we call, I called it right away. They gave up a, a four uh, technique on the D tackles and a six or seven on the ends. And I was like, oh, they're going to dive this ball with just a linebacker over the top. It was honestly amazing just to watch the Bills fight back, get strong turnovers, and not screw the game up for themselves, which so many teams had in the past, including last year's teams. Yeah, I felt like it was going to be same old Bills moment. Um, I sat on my couch, saw Tampa Bay, scored the go-ahead touchdown, took my visor off, threw it as hard as I could across the room, and screamed, I love losing. That's how I felt, and lo and behold, the Bills, you know, this is not the same old Bills team. That was a quick drive down the field. Um, gosh, it looked really, really good how they moved the ball quickly, but I felt, no, you, you left too much time on the clock. Come on now. No, we don't want to lose. And then Tredavious White punching the football out. Um, that was just a, a great finish here with a, a Hauschka field goal to go ahead and uh, put the Bills on top and on top for good in that game. Um, I got a little annoyed with uh, all the laterals and stuff at the end by Tampa. I mean, you're trying to win the game here, but it was just a little bit on the ridiculous. I was like, come on, can we just tack them already? It made me a little bit nervous. I don't think it was, you know, it definitely it didn't work. It wasn't Music City Miracle-esque, but it, it put me in a little bit of pins and needles right to the very finish. Yeah, uh, I was honestly sitting there just, like, worried. Like, honestly, um, just sitting there literally just sitting with my hands in front of my face. Like, how are the Bills going to screw this up? How are they going to, like, let a player go free? But they honestly played it so smart. They started chasing them originally, um, but then they realized, like, we can just stand still. 
and create basically a defensive perimeter, and then they just can't get past us. And the one who made the tackle was the very uh, uh, hated right now Marcel Darius. Marcel Darius actually made a huge play there, tackling Deshaun Jackson and bringing him down. So, uh, in all honesty, it was one of those plays where you're just sitting there. Again, classic Bills would have lost that. They would have found some ways to lose that. You know, it would have been a pass, and all of a sudden, Deshaun Jackson's wide open down the sideline. And we just would have been sitting there like, yep, this is normally... But they played it smart. They played aggressive, but smart there. And I really liked it. Yep, I'm going to agree with you 100% on this game. Um, Secondary got torched, I'm not going to lie. Jameis Winston uh, lit them up like a Christmas tree. Um, What did you see on that touchdown pass where their tight end was just wide open, 33 yards downfield? There wasn't a man around him, not even 15 yards what happened? Was there a breakdown in coverage on that play? Um, so what it is, is it's a play we ran super successfully the past four years. With Charles Clay and they, uh, yeah. they ran in the EJ Manuel game? Okay. And even Scott Chandler scored on it. Um, what it is, is it's a play-action fake zone. It's almost like a stretch play to the right. Quarterback fakes it. Then he rolls fire. And you have every other... Um, receiver going to that right side and underneath it's sort of like a wheel but it's not really a wheel it's a drag and go so he drags underneath everything pretends to be a blocker and then cuts it upfield once he sees open field and it has been a play that i've been begging the bills to run and it has been a play that has been super successful in the past um and it is just one of those plays in the nfl that hits maybe every other week just because it's so successful with how they with how teams run it because you naturally flow so even the third guy we were in i think a cover three there even the third guy there flowed over the top because you have three or four receivers going to the flooding the opposite side of the field so your natural progression is to slide across and then that guy just pops through at the last minute uh oj howard did a fantastic job on that route um Lorenzo Alexander said he screwed it up a little bit, but in all honesty, that's just such a hard play to defend unless you're literally the most disciplined defense in the NFL. And, you know, like you said, we, we've seen the Bills run it before. I recall they ran it in preseason with E.J. Manuel and Charles Clay. They ran it again in that 2015 season against the Houston Texans. Like you said, they ran it with Scott Chandler. Do you think Rico draws up that play at any point this season? I, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're going to do it. Um, we don't really have the personnel right now. Maybe Logan Thomas a little bit. Um, but Charles Clay was just so good at selling that. He is just so good because he makes himself sell like a blocker so well. He comes across like, oh, I'm going to go in at the linebackers, and then he just gets lost in coverage. And it's honestly one of the things you see so much action going one way. You're all. You're almost. Your eyes almost don't see the guy going the other way because it's not pertinent information. Because you're thinking, I need to get this way. Because in all honesty, when that play hits, it looks like it's a breaking. It's gonna. It's a stretch play that's gonna break. So you're trying to flow to it, and then you realize people are going out in coverage. And so, it honestly, I I I could see us doing it once. Um, once Charles Clay gets back, um, maybe with Logan Thomas. But as of right now, I don't see us hitting that. Overall, a good win for the Buffalo Bills. Final score, 30-27. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that stood out in this game. 
And, you know, Bills have been harping. When is he going to get those receivers, tight ends or, you know, tight ends, receivers? Deontay Thomas had four receptions, over 100 yards. He had that big pass play on that drive to go ahead and tie the game up late. Um, I mean, who saw a performance like Deontay Thomas coming? I know he had been with the Bills before briefly. Um, he had been with Rico and Tyrod in Baltimore, uh, who originally signed him as a undrafted free agent. So he, he had some chemistry with those guys. But, you know, even so, you know, not, not a known commodity in the NFL. Who could have seen that performance coming? Raise my hand right now, Brad. Um, there, there's a small contingency of Bills fans that were distraught at him leaving 2015 preseason because he had torn it up. He had a toe injury, um, similar to Rod Streeter, actually. Um, I think I referenced that at the beginning uh, when they did when we did our cutdown podcast that he looked like a Deontay Thompson Thomas um, Thompson. And to be honest, I there Tyrod and he were in the practice squad together in Baltimore. They have great chemistry, and in all honesty, I think that. Deontay Thompson could easily be um, Tyrod's new favorite receiver. I think once Clay gets back, and also, let's not complain about the tight ends. New England won Super Bowls throwing it to tight ends. They won multiple Super Bowls throwing it to Gronk and throwing it to Hernandez during that huge run. I'm not going to complain about them. A catch is a catch is a catch. And you know what? If Tyrod feels comfortable throwing it 10, 15 yards to his tight end every time like Nick O'Leary was, I'm fine with that. In all honesty, let's just keep doing it. Whatever keeps us winning, I'm fine with. Exactly. And it was so nice. I felt like Tyrod played such a conservative game, uh, staying in the pocket against Cincinnati, that one of you know the strongest attributes that Tyrod Taylor brings is his legs. And seeing him use his legs and make throws on the run, not just taking off and turning up field. <coughs> Excuse me. And he did a good job on that a couple times here. But seeing him make throws, you know, that run and catch to Nick O'Leary, uh, you know, that's what we've come to see with Tyrod Taylor. And it's refreshing to see that again this time that I hope they can do it again because, uh, you know, Khalil Mack is one of the better, uh, you know, defensive ends here in the whole NFL. A guy who I thought the Bills should have grabbed in that first round back in 2013. That's neither here nor there. But again, it was just refreshing to see Tyrod use one of his strongest assets and that being his legs. Uh, yeah, and I think it was a smart way to use the legs. I, I'm a big proponent. I loved when we started running the option leg. Tyrod sparingly used in the option is terrifying to opposing teams because you never know when it's coming. You can disguise so many things in run-pass option that Tyrod would look phenomenal at. Tyrod could run so many great things, play-action fakes, boots, zones. Everything Tyrod could kill people out of in that in that system is using his legs and I really loved that they started to use it to get outside the pocket to make him mobile because the thing is you're either A going to commit to playing zone and there's going to be open passing lanes or B you're committing to playing man and then you're going to take a rusher away just to guard Tyrod which means there's going to be one less person out in coverage or you're going to play like uh, Tampa Bay did at several points of the game with back to the quarterback man defense and Tyrod's going to gash you for 20, 25 yards. So I am. I loved this offensive game plan. It looked great. It, it honestly worked so well. I think it could. We could actually do a very similar thing against the Raiders. Their interior line isn't very good. Cleo Mack's fantastic, but 
don't run at him. Like, that's the truth. You just don't need to run at him or double him every time you run that way. Like, the rest of their interior and their linebacking core, their linebacking core was so shoddy. Navarro Bowman got the helmet, the call. He was the defensive call play caller being there three days. So I, I just think that if they take a similar game plan, do a lot, or force Cleo Mack into situations he's uncomfortable, make read option it. Read option, do a send, do a middle zone read option, and force Cleo Mack to either chase LaShawn McCoy or stay with Tyrod. Because then you're basically causing their best defensive player to make a choice where he's going to be taken out of the play. We'll talk more about the Oakland game coming up here on the other side of a break. Need to ask here, are you the biggest, most passionate Buffalo Bills fan there is? You probably are since you're listening to a Buffalo Bills podcast. Now is the perfect opportunity for you or someone you know to get recognized for being a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. To enter, submit a two-minute video or a 200-word essay by November 7th explaining why you should be named the fan-sided fan of the year. Fansided will pick five finalists, all of whom will receive a one-year subscription to Sports Illustrated and will be profiled on fansided.com. The grand prize winner will be honored with a trophy and win a three-day trip to New York City to attend the Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year event in early December. For all the details and to enter, visit fansided.com slash fan of the year. Like I said, we'll talk about the Oakland Raiders and the Buffalo Bills coming up on another side of a break. This is the buffalodown.com podcast. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Company Computer Guy. Mr. Company Computer Guy. You are the ruler of the RAM, the guru of the gigabyte, the monster of the memory. Show me the way. When we screw up the boot up, you are there. Without you, computers would megabyte. The countless hours we spend surfing the internet and accidentally stumbling upon porn sites would instead be spent working. Working for the man. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Company Computer Guy. For it's you who keeps our logons logging and our hard drives hard. You gotta see this porn site. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. This is the Buffalo Down Draft House Podcast with Brad the Bruiser Icor and Alex Jones. And we got a Back on the BuffaloDown.com podcast, Brad the Bruiser Icorn and Alex Jones have to be joining you here as we get set for Bills Raiders. We talked a little bit about it before we went to the break here on some things Buffalo can do offensively in a game uh, featuring a Raiders team who had a very thrilling game uh, almost a week ago against the Kansas City Chiefs. However, one advantage in this game is former Buffalo Bills and now Oakland Raiders running back Marshawn Lynch will not be playing this week as the NFL upholds his suspension for pushing a referee in defense of his uh, buddy. I can't. I was it Peterson, I believe, uh, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was uh, 
trying to defend him and shoved a ref. So I don't disagree with the suspension, and I'm okay that Marshawn will not be playing in this game because he is he's a very good running back. He was in Buffalo. He was obviously in Seattle. Um, but at this point, I'll just say advantage Buffalo. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, honestly, Marshawn hasn't been that effective in their game so far. Um, he was decent through the first few, um, but he really just hasn't been doing He's well. not the Marshawn Lynch of, of old. No. Um, so I think it's one of those where, I don't, I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I don't, the Marshawn suspension was completely legitimate. It was held up correctly. He went on to defend his cousin, um, Peters, who, who actually, Marcus Peters, who rode the train home. He's from Oakland. I believe they're, I believe they're first cousins. Anyways, um, it will help in short and goal situations because then you don't need to load the box up for beast mode. And I mean, beast mode probably would come in with a little more, you know, juice on this game, being that this is his former team who traded him away. Um, so I'm kind, I'm okay with him. Um, but the, it would be nice if the NFL just happened to simultaneously suspend Michael Crabtree um, and Derek Carr and um, oh, who's the wide receiver from Alabama. Um, Amari, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. It'd be nice if the NFL just suspended all of them and we'll just get this, you know, just get all <laughs> of them out. That'd be nice. But, uh, yeah, no, uh, Amari Cooper and uh, Michael Crabtree definitely pose a threat there. And we saw last week, I, you know, I like the secondary. They look good at points during the season. Uh, you know, granted, Trevor Simeon, but also good against uh, Matt Ryan, who didn't have his two best targets. Uh, in that game in uh, Julio Jones and company. Uh, in, in this game here, um, I'm interested to see how the secondary plays uh, a good tandem here. And like we said, Michael Crabtree and uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, and to be honest, um, I honestly think last week was rough because we played, if you watch, go back and watch the film on the second half. We were in base defense, a base 4-3 defense, I'd say, 75% of snaps just because we had so many people hurt. Sharice Wright was in and out. Um, Gaines was injured. So we at one point we had Johnson and who's our nickel corner and White out there. And, it, you know, we just can't. We picked up a few. Uh, we picked up another corner and dropped the other corner we claimed off Ravers. Um, so I honestly think um, it, as long as our secondary stays healthy i think i give us a fighting chance because we'll be able to do more zone runs and things like that um but just you know if they can't if we have somebody go down early or if Gaines is out for this game it's going to be really tough because at worst we're going to at best we're going to be able to run nickel coverage the entire game and if somebody gets hurt then you're going to be stuck basically in base defense the entire time against one of the most prolific pass offenses in the nfl and you said it earlier, going back to the offensive side of the ball here, is that they'd be best, you know, not to just run at this defensive front here in Oakland. And, um, you know, we, we saw with LaShawn McCoy that they did what he's best, is get LaShawn McCoy into space and he can make you pay. We saw in a couple pitch outs. Uh, we saw some end arounds here with Taiwan Jones, who gashed him for a few in that game. Um, a lot of people are scratching their heads, saying, "Who the hell is Taiwan Jones?" I mean, we we saw good. Th we saw a big rumble there, uh, more up the middle there by um, Mike Tolbert. But all in all, the efficiency of the ground attack was, you know, night and day better uh, 
I know not a, not a great rush defense here coming from Tampa Bay here, but I think this is another game where Buffalo's ground attack can take an advantage. And like you said, um, throwing the football, I, I don't care how they get it done. If they need to throw to Nick O'Leary, uh, if Logan Thomas, who uh, we didn't talk about it, but that touchdown catch he had, that was very nice looking on his part there. And it was fun to see the Virginia Tech to Virginia Tech connection out there as Logan Thomas actually replaced Tyrod Taylor as the starting quarterback of the Hokies after uh, he graduated and went into the NFL draft. But um, I, I think Buffalo has a variety of different ways to get it done. But I think uh, an approach that we saw similar into the Tampa Bay game uh, I think can be effective against this Oakland defense. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that um, I think offensively we should do a similar game plan. A lot of zones and a lot of man stuff at the interior of their line. Um, and a lot of p- play action fake. They're a young secondary that's still sort of, you know, getting their lumps. Um, and I, I think honestly, us being able to grind time in the offensive zone while in while in offensive possession is going to be the biggest key to this game. If we can hold the ball for six, seven minutes a clip, during our offensive possessions walking away with a field goal or a touchdown i I think that we're going to beat them just because the longer you get the ball out of Derek carr's hands the less opportunity he has a chance to score and just the law of average tells you that even if he has let's say seven opportunities to score a touchdown we score four of them we have a better shot if we eliminate you know three of those opportunities right away you know, you always get better and better at shots at keeping the score low if you just don't let them have the ball. And so I think our defense could be, um, honestly, be huge. Uh, our offense could honestly be huge on the defensive side of the ball. Yep, I, I, I'm going to agree with that here. Uh, you know, we've seen Tredavious White, that he's been strong this year. We've seen growth of him on defense. And I love the turnover and the uh, recovery he had late in the game. I mean, how could you not there? That was a changing point in the game here. And it's interesting. I, I heard Sal Capaccio talk about on the Extra Point sh- uh, show on the Buffalo Bills Network and MSG on Monday that uh, Coach Sean McDermott brought in Peterson, the uh, you know former Bears cornerback, and he shot him, taught him all how to do the Peterson punch where, you, you know, basically you throw a punch at the ball and, you know, you recover it. And that's exactly what uh, Tredavious White did on that play, that if we could see more of that this year, um, you know, it was disappointing that, you know, of the three turnovers, they were only up able to muster up three points because uh, they were set up good. They, they goofed at the end of the first half there when they threw a pass and time expired. Um a little messy at that point here, and they couldn't take advantage of another interception. But uh, overall there, um, I, I like the opportunistic play of this defense there that hopefully this week, should they force turnovers, we can see the offense take advantage of. Yeah, and that's the big thing is that if we, our offense can start getting points, even just a field goal off turnovers, that's going to be uh, – that's, you know, nine – we're averaging about three turnovers a game. So that's nine points a game that you could be swinging in your way. Um, and I honestly, I want, that's one thing I noticed going to camp this year is um, there was so much emphasis on turnovers. Whenever the ball hit the ground or any, or um, the ball was popped up in the air, anything like that, the ball, there was immediately a defender on it and they were headed for the end zone. 
and that's shown to pay off you know with uh Tredavious White taking that one to the house that honestly was a direct a direct link to that they, they you saw that exact practice come into play where Tredavious White scooped and scored the ball off what may no one else thought was a fumble but he picked it up and ran it and that cost us that got us seven points and the the renewed interest in turnovers of this defense is my one of my favorite things to see so far this year just because they're creating opportunities that in the past bills would have either it would have just bounced off the guy's hand or just would have been a few inches short they're putting themselves in a in a, in a basically spot to succeed yep exactly here that they're setting them up uh, now uh, it is just time here for you know the offense to go ahead and Take advantage of these opportunities out of here. So we'll see if they can do it this week. Taking on the Oakland Raiders coming up at New Era Field. Uh, that kickoff is going to happen at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock Central. So I will be glued to my TV watching that game here. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to call this a must-win game, but I, I think it really feel like it, you know, it does here. You know, Bills fans, we've been carrying the weight of this playoff drought, you know, since 1999-2000 season. You know, it's weighing over our shoulders. It's looking in our rearview mirror. It's taunting us every step of the way that any chance that we can win an AFC game, uh, you know, is crucial in towards ending this drought. So I, I just feel a lot of emphasis. I don't think the season's lost, but I feel this is a game that they absolutely need to take advantage of and win at home this week here um, as they continue on in their season. Uh, you know, going in 5-2 and two into a Thursday night Jets game, that would be huge at this point, but, you know, it also would have been huge if they had won at the Bengals a couple weeks ago. So, um, like I said, I hate to call it must-win, but I almost feel like it's fair to say that it is. Yeah, it bumps us to 5-2. Five, uh, five and two. It also is a double, a double uh, for wild cards and for divisional playoffs it's a common opponent and an afc opponent so if we can pull this win off here it'll be huge for um the bills and it'll give us a huge momentum boost headed into um our thursday night game against the jets yep and like we said um you know just an important win. Every, every every game is important. Any win that you can shake at this point is important this year. And it, it helps that Buffalo's fared so poor in Oakland. And Oakland hasn't done so great in Buffalo this year. So we'll see as the Raiders come to town in, uh, you know, kind of a gritty division at this point. Um, right now the NFC West is, uh, it, it's starting to take shape just a little bit here. Denver's, you know, cooled off a little bit here. The Chargers have warmed up after such a horrific start to the season. Um, so, you know, and, and Kansas City is good. Um, but they're not great. We saw Oakland, you know, get the best of them here. So Oakland and uh, the Chargers are at 3-4, and four, Denver at 3-3, three and three, and Kansas City leads the division at 5-2. and two. So if they can win this week, win next week, and go into Kansas City at six and two. That would be huge. But keep your eyes on the prize. You know, I, I, I'm guilty in twenty in twenty oh eight and in uh, twenty eleven. You know, the Bills had hot starts, and I got all geeked up and excited. And you know, we're gonna go to the playoffs this year. And of course, we saw disastrous. You know, look, look at this a year ago. A year ago, the Buffalo Bills were at four and two, 
and uh, you know we ultimately lost that game to Miami. I don't know. This is a completely different Bills team, and I hate to say it, but I think the drought has made some Bills fans out there a little bit stronger, a little bit wiser. I feel like I've matured as a little bit more Bills fan. They're my team, and I'm going to root for them hardcore, and I'll you know have you know delusional thoughts of them going to the Super Bowl. But uh, you know. I, I really feel that this year I am enjoying this season just one game at a time. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is that, like, I think going into this year, um, it wasn't that we had low expectations. It was just with the trades, everybody was like, okay, we'll all agree that we'll all sort of agree, like, this year we'll probably not do super great. We'll get a high draft pick. Then we'll be able to use our multiple draft picks. And then we saw this team play, and we're like, oh, you know what? They're, they're pretty good. Like, I think pessimistic optimism is the best way. Everybody's sort of like, oh, like, we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, but we're sort of not, you know, we're sort of hoping that it doesn't. And so I honestly think this team, if they start stringing some wins together and they really start building a good chain, they could really make a big push. But at the same time, you know, if you look at the talent, we're thin in a lot of areas. We're a few injuries away. So it's sort of one of those things where you're like, oh, I- I'm really hopeful. Like, I think this team can do it. But if they don't, I'm not going to be, like, distraught. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, this team should. Like, that team, I think it was 2003 with Takeo Spikes, London Fletcher, where we lost to Tommy Maddox. Tommy Maddox of the Steelers, the <laughs> second round, the second, the second string Steelers. We easily were in the wild card. Easily. We could have walked in. And we lost to the second string Steelers at home. And it was just so crushing because it was like that team should have been in the playoffs. Well, let's hope for a Buffalo Bills win here. We'll go ahead and get our predictions in. I'm going to say Buffalo goes ahead and wins this week. I'm going to say another close game. I'm going to say 24-21 Bills. How about you, Alex? Um, I think uh, it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to come down to a last-second field goal. I have the Bills up 27-24. All right, well, that's going to do it for another edition here of the Buffalo Down Draft House podcast. Read all our work right here at buffalodown.com. You can also like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash buffalodown. Uh, follow both Alex and I on Twitter. He's at Jones. Follow me at Bills Bruiser. Again, we'll join you next week for another Buffalo Down Bills podcast and an appropriate way to end every podcast here. Go Bills. This has been the BuffaloDown.com podcast, part of the Fan Sided Sports Network, an R Street Media production.